Hello, Empowered Parent Podcast listeners. It's Chris Turner. I know some of you have been wondering, are there any new episodes? And now there are. We're sorry that we haven't gotten any out in a while, but as they say, life happens. And who knew back in November when we recorded this latest episode on stress that it would prove to be so timely now at its release, given COVID-19, social distancing, and isolation, and many of us having to stay home with our kids when we might not otherwise. So hang in there, and thanks for listening. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Well, I thought today we could talk about stress. Yes. And specifically recognizing the signs of stress, both in ourselves, well, I guess especially in ourselves yeah, as parents, and then how can we help our kids recognize the signs of stress in themselves? And Kayla, you have some unique experience with this recently. Yeah. So we have a, um, a teen group that we do through Tapestry and these, the teens, one of the things we t- we're trying to help them is, is the so- self-awareness and mm. being mindful of their bodies and what their bodies are telling them. We Mm. do a lot of sensory stuff. We do a lot of social skills kind of things. Um, And so we were talking about stress and where we, where we feel stress in our bodies, um, how we think about stress um, and, and how we um, kind of verbalize stress. Right. So some people, the way they verbalize that they're stressed is they say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm stretched too thin, there's too much going on, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Some how, people don't even verbalize it. They just go, Some people, oh, yes, right. you can just see it on their faces, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think some people don't even recognize that that's what that is, mm-hmm. is stress, right? Um, I remember a couple summers ago, so it's been two summers now, we had our month of June was crazy <laughs> you remember that mildly. yeah i think yeah. i slept in my bed three nights in the entire uh, month of june as your husband who was sleeping in that bed without you you did not sleep in that bed for 26 of the 30 nights of june yeah i counted it, it was it was a long memory because <laughs> well because we were um we had my grandfather had was put on hospice that month mm-hmm. um our dog almost died um Two of our children were hospitalized. Well, really, uh, three of our children were hospitalized. Um, one procedure, one, two surgeries, and one mystery case of we don't know well, why. We have no idea why there's this child's running 104 fever, right? I mean, it was it was crazy. And so then in and July... And in the midst of that, your, your grandfather was put on hospice, passed away, because I remember your mom calling yeah. me on the way up to visit you. Um, I don't want to derail your story here, but this yeah. night was a lot of things collided because... Um, our, um, our our daughter's birth mom had had some car trouble and we were going to go and help her, my dad and I. And then I called Chris after your mom had called me and said, hey, i got to go tell Kayla, her grandfather just passed. Can you pick my dad up and help him get the car to our house? Mm-hmm. So you actually were in, involved that night. Not, not that yep. you were involved other nights with visiting and taking dinners and stuff up to the hospital. Bringing me food. <laughs> but, but, that, but that night, like a lot of it just came to head. It, that was yeah. a really hard evening. And then we, I mean, we had one kid who had strep throat at camp and had to come home from camp. Oh, and, and I got I a mean, speeding ticket that day. Oh yes, I mean, we just it, <laughs> the month of June in 2017 was really hard for us. 
So then we get into like the first week in July and I am having like this terrible pain in my chest that I've never felt before. Mm. And I mean, we have heart issues in our family and I really thought I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, worst case scenario. I drove myself to the emergency room. We were driving home. Ryan came and picked up the kids that were with me. I had a couple of them with me. Went to the emergency room. They like ran all the tests and and they were like, there's nothing wrong with your heart. They said, I I think you're just stressed. And like, it never occurred to me that it was just stress. Mm. Like it really didn't. I really thought... And now I still, I feel that, like I had never, up until that point, I had never, I guess that was the most stressed I'd ever been, was right right at the end of that month. And it wasn't during that month. During that month, I wasn't feeling this. It was after all of that had settled that I just felt this, I mean, it was just this like heaviness in my chest. And since then, I have felt it from time to time. I'll just feel that like tightness in my chest. And I'm just like, that's stress. Like yeah. that's how my body feels stress, but I'd never, either I'd never felt it before or I'd never recognized it before. Right. Um, well, and sometimes your brain doesn't allow you to feel it. Right. Right. Because right. your brain's trying to process and get you through the moment that's right. actually stressing you. And it's almost like it's willing the body not to be stressed because it knows you need to com- get through this right. situation. And so it comes on to you later. Well, yeah. and it may have been that I had felt it before, but my dad had had a heart attack not that long, like a year before that. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably a little more fresh on my mind that there were mm-hmm. heart issues too. And so maybe I had felt this before and I never recognized it. And now I was like more conscious because my dad was in really good shape and was, you know, eating well and exercising and all that when he had his heart attack. And so it may have really been that I, my body just finally was like, hold on, what, you know, what is this sensation? It must be a heart attack. And they were just like, no, honey, you're not having a heart attack. You're just stressed out. And I was like, oh, well, like, I mean, I realized that it was stressful. I mean, I slept in hospital rooms for a lot of that month. But um, yeah, so it was, it was interesting though. But when we were talking with the teens in the teen group, they could recognize their stress. I mean, some of them were saying how they get a stomach ache when they get stressed. Mm. Um, some were saying how they feel like this rapid heartbeat or um, how they just feel like this tension in their shoulders. or And I was just really impressed with the teenagers and how they were able to recognize those signs of stress probably better than a lot of us adults. Yeah. Um, now, these are all teens whose parents are working really hard with them to help them with some really difficult, you know, these are all teens that have been adopted um, and have had some pretty... Um, you know, some pretty hard stories between them and their, and their parents are helping them through this, right? So they're seeing good counselors and they've got, but they're recognizing their stress. And so we were just talking about what do you do once you recognize, first sign is recognizing it, right? Recognizing it, that you are stressed, recognizing how you, how you feel that stress. Right. Because so many times you feel it in your body before you even recognize you feel those physical symptoms of it before you even recognize that's what it is. Mm. Um, and then just talking about some ways that we can cope with the stress. Yeah, so talking about feeling that stress in, in your body and I was I was tying it back to like fear responses and how when you're scared, you feel it in, in your chest or your stomach. And yeah. you know, I think yeah. sometimes we refer to the, your gut as the second brain because it has 
uh, only the brain has more nerve endings in it than than your digestive system does. That's why you feel stress in your stomach. Um, and so it's interesting, though, and I think it's really, really valuable exercise to, to be a little bit introspective on this and understanding how you feel stress, how you process stress, what your uh, survival um, coping mechanisms are. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you know people who smoke yeah. um, when, they, when they're stressed, people who drink when they're stressed, people who eat when they're stressed, right? That's me. That's me. Yeah. Uh, and so I wish I wasn't a stress eater. Yeah. Uh, but I am thankful that I'm not much of a stress drinker, though. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> to pick one or if the I other. If I pick one, right? right? This is the one to pick, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, although, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, we joke that if, um, if Kayla's drinking wine when I get home from work in the afternoon, um, which isn't fair. I'm going to say that in front. That's not fair, but it's funny because you know it is. It is. It is almost six o'clock at night usually by then, and uh, and I'm like, oh, mommy's coping juice. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not a good thing. Don't tell the kids that's my coping juice. Actually, yeah, we had a friend who uh, the, the kid drew like a something to do with mom and drew a bottle of wine. It was some picture about mom, yeah. like a third grader or something, and I'm like. Um, and she's like, put it on Facebook, and she says, well, what does this say? And I'm like, uh, you drink too much wine in front of kids? <laughs> yes. But I think, we, you know, I mean, we can have unhealthy ways that we deal with stress, and we've got to have healthy ways to deal with stress, right? I mean, yeah. and obviously, drowning your stress in a bottle of wine is not a good idea. No. A, a glass of wine to help you relax a little is not a bad thing, right? You know, I mean, I think having some ice cream is not a bad thing, Right, a little bowl of ice cream when yeah. you come home from work or after dinner or whatever. Finishing the but whole finishing the carton, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might mean that Hold you on. are yeah, stress sorry. eating. You said finishing the carton. He said finishing half a gallon. <laughs> well, that's how they cup is half gallon cartons usually. Yeah, I mean pints. Well, okay. Well, we get Ben and Jerry's because we're we're less likely to to eat. The entire half like, gallon? It felt like a therapeutic moment when you admitted <laughs> to eating the gallon. That's what I'm saying. Uh, five people in our, five people our household, and they all like Neapolitan, so, you know. This is a safe place, Chris. It's a safe place, right? No, but I, I do. I mean, I think there, that's what we, we were talking about with the teens, right? We're like, there's, there's healthy and there's unhealthy ways to deal with stress. And oftentimes, the unhealthy way is what we're drawn to, mm-hmm. and the healthy way is what we have to train ourselves to do, Right, so we have to th- we have to find those ways that we can we can get rid of some stress, and sometimes that just means taking a break from whatever is stressing you. So if it is your children that are stressing you, then having some time every day that you can sit by yourself for a few minutes, read a book, go for a walk. I mean, getting moving is often a really good way to help with that stress, right, is just getting moving and going for a walk. But often that's the last thing we want to do. Mm -hmm. We want to sit down and do nothing or we end up like staring at our phones and on Facebook because we've got five extra minutes, right? And what we need to do is we need to go for a walk, read a book. I like to sit and just have a cup of tea um, or a cup of coffee Mm. and read something that's not educational, Mm. (laughs) you know, just... And we've talked about that on, you know, episodes we so, had. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just so we're clear here. Your advice on how to relax is to avoid stuff that makes you smarter. No. Okay, just check it. So, like. That's what I heard, too. All, all the books that I have on my desk and on my shelf are either how to homeschool your children. Mm, yeah. 
uh, how to parent better, how how to be a better wife, how to be a better leader. I mean, all those like self-help books, right? Yep. And so in those moments when I'm really trying to, to de-stress, I'm like, I need a fiction book. Yeah. Just something that doesn't make me think that I can just either listen to the audio or I can pick up a book and read. Just because, I mean, that for me, that is how I can get my mind off. Now, sometimes I can only read a couple of pages and then I find my mind wandering back to the thing that right. was stressing me out, right? Um, but I think, and we've talked about this like on the the episode we did on self-care, um, just finding those ways, because that's really what self-care is needed for is to help you de-stress, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of ways. But when we recognize how we feel stressed, so if we you know, all of a sudden, if we're having headaches all the time, because a lot of people, stress causes headaches. I absolutely had that happen to me Do yesterday. you have that? Yeah. yeah. And so you you feel this headache, and then immediately you want to go to the doctor. I mean, you want to, not the doctor. I don't go to the doctor for a headache. <laughs> you want to go to the medicine cabinet and get something to get rid of the headache. Yeah. But it's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on the problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're every day, if you're taking something for a headache, there might be an underlying issue. Like every once in a while, if you have a headache and you take something for it, okay. But if you're finding that every day you're taking something for a headache, is that a sign of stress? Mm-hmm. If every day you're taking something for aches and pains, is that a sign of stress, right? I mean, I use the example with the um, with the teenagers. One of, the, one of them was talking about just constant nausea and constant, um, and that, you know, just she felt better if she threw up. Mm. And we said, it makes you feel better in that moment. But then if you're continuing to, if that's continuing to happen, then you've got to figure out what's causing that stress. Yeah, because that's not a healthy way eliminate. to deal with that. Exactly. It's, yeah. not a, it's not a healthy way. Um, and she doesn't have an eating disorder. It's not that kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, a, she said, it just relieves that feeling of, of unsettled in my stomach. Yeah. And she said, I don't make myself throw up or anything like that. But we said, but you've got to figure out, like, so the example I used was um, I've had some shoulder pain lately, right? So I go to the doctor to find out what's going on with my shoulder. And they tell me, you know, it's bursitis and tendonitis and here's a steroid and here's some anti-inflammatories and it'll feel better in a few weeks. And I'm like, but what's causing it? Yeah. Because just like with our kids and we're trying to figure out what's causing behaviors, I'm the same way with, with my health. I'm like, I don't want you to tell me that what's causing it is just, I don't know, right? I, I want to get underneath what's happening. So I go to a more holistic chiropractor and I ask him, I'm like, okay, so what's going on here? And he says, he says, I actually think you have a little tear in your shoulder and that tear is very likely caused by the, a repetitive motion like lifting your special needs daughter on a regular basis because I am lifting her into her car seat. I'm lifting her into her high chair, I'm lifting her, you know, different places. Uh, just for people who don't know, she's eight years old. Right, she's eight so years she's old. So she's not yeah, a little bitty person. We're talking about a small person. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so he said that's very likely the cause of it is just that repetitive motion. And I'm like, mm. aha. So now he's given me some exercises to do. He's, you know, he had me get a massage because he said that'll help those muscles that you're overworking to relax a little bit. And he's done some different things, but I'm also more mindful as I'm working with her to not lift her so much because she can walk. It's not that I have to carry her. It's that 
sometimes it's just easier to pick her up. But mm-hmm. I'm more mindful, and I'll probably because it hurts when I pick her up now. It's <laughs> probably why I'm a little more mindful. But um, you're able to, when you're able to recognize why it's happening, then you can change what you're doing so it doesn't happen again, right? Instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it and, oh, I feel better after I eat a pint of ice cream or a half gallon, <laughs> as it were. Um, whatever's in the fridge. Whatever's in the freezer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, because sometimes that does make you feel better, but only for that moment, and then the same stress comes back. But if you can recognize what the stress is that you're actually having and do something about the stress. Mm. Well, and I think it's a great lesson for, for the kids to watch us do the detective work on ourselves, right? I mean, so they, like we talked about apologizing in, in the previous episode and how so much of our kids' ability to seek uh, forgiveness after they have done something wrong, more of that's based on um, them being apologized to, them watching their parents apologize to each other and their siblings. Uh, I think that th- this this type of being a, your own stress detective is helpful for the kids too because it's a form of co-regulation. You're teaching them how to regulate themselves. And, yep, if, right. and, if, and if they can do the detective work and actually get to the root of the problem instead of instead of some of those coping mechanisms that most people have, right? It's food, it's drugs, it's alcohol, uh, it's, it's sex. It's, it's, it's a short list of things that people do to cope, right? right. Um, there's obviously some that I'm missing out, but a lot of them see these frequently reoccurring themes. And I think if you can learn at a young age how to listen to your body and understand what it's telling you, then, then you're going to be set up for so much more success uh, when you're older, then then perhaps then perhaps even we are our our, right. our, our daughter who turned eleven last weekend, uh, she really listens to her body, and so um, there are certain foods that upset her stomach. She has an intolerance for some of them, and she just won't eat them. I'm like, you know, they taste so good. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm gonna roll the dice here, and and you know. You know, well, damn even, the torpedoes, you know, yeah, whatever, like, right? Like but she's today, not like that. No, we like we drove past uh, Wingstop. I love Wingstop's food. I love the wings. I love the French fries. And we drove past it and I was like, maybe we should just go there for dinner. And she pipes up in the back and she goes, it makes my tummy hurt. And I was like, mine too. But I always I forget. Like <laughs> I just want to eat it because it tastes so good. And, and so, you know, that's a great example of, of this little girl who listens to her body. Yeah, and she does. Like we'll, we'll, we'll have dessert. Um, you know, we, we very rarely have dessert at home. But if we do or typically we'll have dessert when we go have, um, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever with, with my folks or Kayla's parents. And sometimes she'll just decline dessert. She won't want ice cream because, you know, sometimes, you know, she ate a lot. You know, she's Yeah, fine. she's afraid it'll make her tummy hurt and she doesn't mm. want that to happen. I'm like, who turns down ice cream? Right. Right. Somebody who learned from an early age how to listen to their body. Yeah. yeah. And so well, I think it's a really great gift we can give our children, but I think that if we don't do it for ourselves, they're not going to learn that lesson. Well, and I was just talking to one of our kids about this and she was like, I don't know how to tell when I'm stressed. She's like, I just don't, but her whole life, she's a kid who doesn't really pay attention to a lot of things. Like she doesn't pay attention to time at all, like has no concept of time whatsoever. She's very artsy. She's very like, just gets drawn into what she's working on. Right. And so it's not a wonder that she doesn't pay attention to the stress in her body until she actually feels 
ill, mm. you know, um, because things will begin to stress her out. And so she, for her, an outlet that she has for stress is she actually will write. We have a little journal yeah. and we'll write back and forth and she'll tell me what's stressing her mm. and she'll actually start, you know, she'll say, I'm, I'm feeling worried about this or I'm feeling nervous about this or I wish we didn't have to do this or whatever. Um, but she has to really work at it. And I said to her, I said, you know, one of the things you could do is you just get into a habit of paying attention to your body. So like maybe first thing in the morning when you wake up, you just lay in bed for a minute and you think, how do I feel? How does my head feel? How do my shoulders feel? And just pay attention to every part of your body. Yeah. And then throughout the day, have some times where you do that again. So you can tell, oh, this feels different than this morning. I can feel my shoulders feel a little tighter than they did this morning, or my stomach feels a little, you know, off from this morning or whatever. And so just talking her through that, because she she recognized that she had no idea when she was feeling stressed until she was so overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I, I think of like that toddler who doesn't know they need to go to the bathroom until like they're going to pee in their pants. Right. You're like, how did you not re- recognize this? But it's the same thing. They're not yet aware of the symptoms mm-hmm. they're, and the signs that the rest of us were like, we know we need to pee and we're like going to wait till the last second because we don't want to stop what we're doing or whatever. But we know when is when we've crossed the line, yeah. right? Yeah. We, um, we know, but our little ones don't. Yeah. So um, we probably need to um, maybe have a whole episode on, on, on that fourth internal sense, interoception, um, that we don't oh, really yeah. talk about a lot, and that's your, your body's ability to communicate with itself. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the kid who, it's not that they, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's relevant here because the, the, they don't, they're not getting the signals from their body that they're stressing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, because the, 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 that's just not communicating very well. So, yeah, maybe yeah, a future be, episode, maybe it's some like... Um, somebody who teaches on sensory, sensory or stuff to be a guest or something that night. But yeah, I mean, your ability to listen to your body is um, is so crucial in so many things, right? Yep. Um, and, and just think about our kids who don't just understand the stress triggers, but they don't they don't know when they're full. They just keep yeah. eating. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't know when to go to the bathroom. They, they, they can't settle. And so, uh, you know, that that's a hard one. And so... I've read up a little bit on kind of what you can do about kids who struggle with that, and that's just being really mindful. Teach them how to focus and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's why I'm going to come back to what I said five minutes ago, helping our kids, understand, teaching them how to listen to their bodies and have healthy coping s- strategies um, is, is really, really good. Like like at nighttime now, we've started doing this, uh, Alexa, play Thunderstorms. And then, um, and then the little um, oh, yeah. product oh, does. Oh my well, gosh! No, no, thank you, Alexa. We will not. <laughs> that's really loud, too. Alexa, stop! Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and we'll tell it to play Thunderstones, and we'll play that. And we'll tell the kids to close their eyes and just focus on their breathing. Mm. And just focus on their breathing. And people might be going, that just seems too simple. But, but. And it's really hard for them at first. Like the first night we did it, they were just giggling and laughing. Like they could not be quiet and listen to their breathing. And one of them actually said, it's hard for me to. To, to focus on my breathing because I'm like, you know, and just like that really rapid. But I'm like, no, but just, just in just normal breaths, but yeah. just pay attention to your breaths. But it was really, 
it was funny how hard it was, but we had the same problem with teens because when we started our teen group several years ago, we started this teen group and we actually were doing mindfulness for teens Yeah, and the teens couldn't handle it. But now several years later, they can handle those things because yeah. it took some time for them to build up to being able to do that. Which is why, sorry, I was going to say, which is why you have to stick with something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because the second night we tried it, they did better. And yep. in subsequent nights, they, we've tried it, they've done better. And what we've noticed is the constant line of people who come down the stairs at night because <laughs> they can't sleep has not been yeah. very constant this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, because we're because we're helping them pay attention to their bodies, we're helping them calm down, and we're kind of connecting them to this calmness that they're trying to avoid at all costs at bedtime. Right. Yeah. If you listen to this, you know what I'm talking about. The kids are trying to avoid at all costs. So, anyway, I think yeah. I cut you off. No, that's okay. What we were saying about you know li- listening to your breathing and, and co- focusing on it. You know, when I was in high school, I was in I was in the top concert band in our high school all four years. I don't remember exactly which year. Our band director started this. I distinctly remember doing it, at least in my junior and senior years. Is that yeah? That was also my homeroom. Was the first thing of the day because our band director wanted to have us the maximum amount of time. Right, so you you could have before school practice leading into first period. No, it wasn't before the school practice. It was just the first period was longer than any other period, and so she wanted the top band to be there. Yeah. Well, somewhere along the way, she started having us start practice by putting your instrument in your lap and closing your eyes and do deep breathing exercises. And we, and she would say, you start with your toes. I want you to clench your toes as hard as you can mm-hmm. and then release it slowly and like work your way up your body. Right. Uh-huh. And at first we were all kind of like, yeah, all right, we'll go along with this. This is a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> but then we find out that, you know, come March and April, as we're getting closer to the, end of the school year and we start hitting all the competitions mm-hmm. that our band's going to, you realize, oh, teenagers might get nervous about getting on stage in front of a lot of people that are going to be judging them. Right. Right. Not just listening to music. Cause we played lots of concerts where people are just there to listen. Right. Right. Um, and so we would sit there and look kind of like, I guess the, the high school band equivalent of a green room, you know, waiting to go on the stage and, You'd do that same thing. She'd walk us to the same things, and it suddenly made a lot more sense. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, then we'd go out there, and we were a lot more relaxed when it came time yeah, to perform. Yeah, because you'd been doing that yep. stress-relieving activity before you even needed the stress-relieving activity. Right. Mm, sounds yeah. like they were practicing outside the moment, Christopher. What? <laughs> no way. Before we even knew what that was. Right. Yeah. No, it is. And, and there's so many little things you can do like that with your kids, but also for yourself. Yeah. I mean... There's a lot of us adults. I still do that stuff. That yeah, occasionally. We're, yeah. we're not good at listening to our bodies. I don't, can't tell you how many people I used to like when I was probably in college, and I'd hear moms that would be like, "I forgot to eat today," and I was like, "How do you forget to eat?" <laughs> right. Like my stomach growls at me, <laughs> yes. and I go get food. I, I mean, it's, this that's, that's yeah. supposed to be there. <laughs> but I get that now because I will. I'll get to you know we we do intermittent fasting, and so we don't eat until lunchtime typically. And so, but sometimes I'll get till two or three o'clock and I'll realize that I haven't eaten anything Yeah. because I was so busy. I wasn't paying attention, but by that point I'm so hungry. Like I feel like I have a stomach ache yeah. because I've gone so long without eating. And so it's really interesting though, as you get busier and you get more stressed that you do find that you've stopped paying attention to your body and mm. you have to practice 
paying attention. And, and that's, that exercise is perfect because it's that, uh, there's, there's a name for that. I can't remember what it is. I've heard, um, maybe it's Kurt Thompson. I've heard Pay atten- being attentional. Well, no, but there's an actual, like, is it a body scan? Maybe that they call it a body uh, scan, I remember. um, where you, you do, you, you just start from one end of your body and you work your way up, just paying attention to every little joint and every little and you're just you're literally just paying attention to it. You're you're release you're tensioning and releasing, and just going all the way up. So you pay attention to your whole. So then you can get to your shoulders and go. Oh, I do feel a little tight yeah. in my shoulders, you know. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not not hold those up so tight, you know, mm. or whatever it is. And so you you notice those areas like, oh, I have a little, I do have a little pain in my hip or whatever. And so you you actually pay attention to those things. I think it's called a body scan. Yeah. Um, the thing that Kurt says is you need to pay attention to the thing you're paying attention to. Yes. Yes. Which is helpful advice. <laughs> it is helpful advice. Yeah. So speaking of helpful advice, uh, we hope we've offered some this evening and uh, we'd love to hear what your stressors might be. Have you been able to figure out what your body does when you're feeling stress? How are you coping with it? Shoot us an email. Info at OneBigHappyHome.com. If you feel really concise and can squeeze it into 208 characters, feel free to tweet it to us at OneBigHappyHome. You can also post questions and answers on our Facebook group. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast community. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on the Google Play Store, and on Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we'd appreciate a review in any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thank you for listening. 